0: minus three is presented for the people by caesar sportsbook the greatest sports betting app of all time download it must be 21 or older
1: minus three with dave damashef we made it and this time i really do mean it we are mere
0: days nay hours nay minutes away from kickoff of a football game that actually counts notre dame navy getting it on on Saturday, the 26th, at last look, the Irish laying 20 and a half to the midshipmen. Who should you bet on? Who cares? Bet on something. Football season is here celebrating style today on Minus 3. Welcome to it. Presented as ever by Omaha. It's AFC South Day. We're going to give you our best bets for the season transparently i've been talking about it for the last week or so i think i've made my feelings pretty clear there but that's only one third of the story because kevin hench is seated high atop his usual perch looking out over hollywood while he's on strike and uh he's keeping his feet up because there's some residual water still on the ground that's about as bad as it got because of the hurricane nay i guess tropical storm hillary that uh, made its way through Southern California with very little damage. In fact, with a positive for the kids out there, let's talk to Kevin Hench and Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass in his usual spot there as we get ready for AFC South action, college football, going to give you some over-unders, going to give you our best bets, and our goat and goat. First, let's say hello to Hench. What's the poop, fella?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, you, you buried the lead. We, what? You, we survived the hurricane. The hurricane
2: <laughs> it
1: was, yeah, it was crazy that quaking oh around at the same uh, time. Right. And then, and, and then after the fact, I saw a meteorologist had tweeted three days ago, Hey, just heads up. If the Salton sea gets hit with a bunch of water, I guess it, it tickles the fault line. Like, hmm. it, and I was, I was almost going to text you guys because prior to the rain, my dogs were acting like dogs act when there's going to be an earthquake. Ooh. And I was like, do they act this way when it's going to rain? And then it's like, no, they, they knew it. They knew it was coming. Now, I was locked in an interminable game, as all games of Monopoly are, endless, just a endless hours. My, my nine-year-old it loves Monopoly. It's a very bad development here at the house. That's when the earthquake hit. And I was torn because I was like, you want your family to be safe. But I was always like, you know, if this glue lamb beam falls, we'll, ha- we'll have to evacuate into the rain and we'll be- we won't have to keep playing this game. She's eyeballing me right now. <laughs> but First, she, she the most important question. Kids are home. Kids are home because it drizzled in L.A. It's an all-time L.A. move. L.A. USD getting on the horn. Kids stay uh, home. May I say, may I say, as we can
0: jump in now, we have a lot of hash to settle here. Goat and goats. Let me just say, in a positive sense, last week, I disparaged one Dave Damashek for failing to deliver on his childhood promise that once Dave was grown up, he would make the school week a four-day week, not the five-day. It's gotten even worse somehow over the last 30 years. Hey, listen. The school gods must have heard me and tried to throw us a little bit of a bone here. The kids who live south of the Mason-Dixon line don't get one of the great things that happens for kids who live in snowy climes. And those are going away, too, um, even with uh, with global warming and all that. But, you know, kids never get a day off. You never get a snow day. You never get to check the the Listen to the, it was old school. On Sunday night around here, as people gathered round for the city officials and the state officials to make the announcements about schools being shut down. And so they were everybody on a Monday. No school for LAUSD kids. I'm, I'm happy for them. Good for you, kids. This is a nice thing. This is what it's like when you live up north and uh, and you have to or you have to huddle around the radio the night before to hear them shout out your particular school. And then you'd go wild. And then you'd stay up, like, what, 45 minutes later. Maybe you'd even see the start at Carson before you had to hit the hay. Right? Great.
1: I uh, I was like, I went to a school that, like, had a cow Ripkin streak going. Like, every other school would be canceled. And my school was like, we got to play one inning. Why well, don't you listen to that radio? And you'd be like, no, we're the only ones going to school. It's terrible. Not L.A. Yeah, it's the worst. L.A., the worst. everybody's staying home and ordering Postmates. As we speak.
0: Did you, you know, what was weird. I saw Eddie Spaghetti. You mentioned it too. This is, I I didn't have this on Sunday, but in past earthquakes, I have gotten queasy from them. I saw you mention on social media that that happened. Oh to you. man,
3: I was, it happens. It happened to me. The last one that got me is a few years back. And I, when I lived in a high rise, um, this area called Park La Brea, that I'm sure you guys are familiar with. And I was up high and that one really, it just felt like you just could not find like where the floor was, like it it just tilted you. So this one, I was laying... Uh, on my stomach, like flat out of bed. I was uh, like playing video games or something in the middle of the day. And I'm like, Oh man, that's a gust of wings. At first I like, heard something and I thought we we're getting like whipped with, you know, the hurricane gusts. It was not that I turned and look and like the, um, like the strings on my lamp and other stuff, my posts on my wall were shaking. I'm like, Oh, we're in an earthquake right now. And it was so bad. I guess because I was horizontal, I had to like get up and I had to like close my eyes and like get a drink of like water. Since I was like going to vomit, I get like this like quick slight vertigo nausea from uh, my stomach is super weak I get seasick all the time too so earthquakes really screw me up that was the that was the worst part of the day for sure
1: I feel like you have this one where it's like we were sitting around the table so it wasn't too bad yesterday but when they happen when you're in bed it's like you're in a water bed for the rest of the night you're just your your mind is telling you you're doing your own aftershocks it's so crazy I was once uh, the first earthquake I experienced
0: after moving to L.A. was uh, it was in the middle of the night and it didn't wake me up. I slept through it. But my girlfriend at the time um, the next day was as uh, you, you didn't uh, notice that. And she said, you know, it was funny um, when I, I woke up and 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 the bed was shaking around. I didn't know what was going on for a second. And uh, she thought and she started to wake started to hit me because she thought I was making the bed shake because I was handling myself.
1: <laughs> it was the first time. I mean, how
0: d- vigorously does she imagine that's going? But she thought I was shaking the bed with the force of my blacked dosha. Uh, she,
1: she she was wondering if you were going to ask her for the Skylar White, Walter White, sad, happy ending, sad ending. Uh, also the first time the earth's ever moved for a woman in bed with Damashek. Oh, look who's a stinker. I'm confident,
0: oh uh, listen I, I I have uh I have um plenty of uh, uh of material witnesses who will who can tell you otherwise. I'll call any one of the four, or six of my uh, my progeny yeah, in that' be this.
1: good if a guest ever drops out, just bring <laughs> any your ladies on
0: <laughs> um, okay. so to review is we're going to jump in on some AFC South picks here um the most recent episode of minus three we were joined by the great will brinson um boy we asked for some hot takes and did he deliver he said the atlanta falcons aren't just going to win the nfc south he said they're going to be the number one seed in the nfc now this is wacky to me plus 190 for them to win the division pretty much even money to take the safe bet i guess is what the saints are I, i i have to say it again don't watch preseason football to make your determinations but the carolina panthers cool looking coaching staff bryce young nice defense but they don't have a great offensive line they don't have weapons for bryce young to take advantage of there so i'm off on the carolina panthers i really do think it's falcons or saints i am taking the Saints. spaghetti did as well hench just to make sure we're complete on all this do you have a pick for the nfc south
1: uh i'm with will maybe not to be the number one seed overall but the pick the thing i like you know uh, because because i'm diabolical is is for Derek carr to get dennis allen fired twice
0: Hmm. (laughs) i mean that's exactly the cynicism that we express too like dennis allen is this isn't like a one year like i don't know if this guy's good this is two stops now does the celebrations about like Dennis Allen and Derek Carr back together again, everybody. Like we saw what happened the first time, right? We're, we're not ignoring that, are we? When we're celebrating this down the whole way, I do think that the best thing they have going for them is the division that they happen to be in. And I do that's think that's true for
1: going. that's true for all of them. I guess, uh, you know, but if yeah, if you like late floaters over the middle inside the 10-yard line, Derek Carr's the QB for you.
0: All right. So you're down on Derek Carr in the AFC East. I'm sticking with the Dolphins three to one. To win that uh, that mighty division. I continue to talk about you hear the buzz about whatever it matters. It shouldn't matter to you. But Mac Jones is back to being Alabama Mac. I think is how he described himself to Bert Breer. Um, I still can't see my see the way that they don't wind up in the bottom half of the AFC East. Maybe they're going to send a third place. I just can't figure out who's going to be the fourth place team there. My favorite play in the NFC East is the commies to get to the playoffs at plus 180. And that brings us to Goat and Goat. I'm just trying to give you just a quick, a quick recount of things and we'll do Goat and Goat and then we'll get in on the AFC South. Let me squeeze in a quick break here.
2: As a bonus bet, 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250 bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account- within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Arizona? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas. Affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770. STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harrah's, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call one 800 327
1: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Hench, start us off, why don't Okay, you? so... I guess I already did with the school thing. We, we Yeah, combined. yeah, but
1: my... So... You know, basically, I'm just looking for different creative ways to talk about the Yankees as much as possible mm, because okay. it's so fantastic to watch them lose every day to, to lose uh, uh, seven in a row, eight out of nine to my Red Sox, then watch the press conferences after the game. So Aaron Boone on Friday is like uh Hey, I don't know why the uh the Red Sox uh, pitching communication thing, how we didn't know until game time uh that they they that we couldn't use our pitching communication device cuz they couldn't use theirs. And then just read Yankee co- Yankee fan comments after these statements. They're like, "Hey, no one needs to cheat to beat to beat the worst team in baseball." That's that's Yankee fans. Like it's it's awesome. So then Saturday, my bad goat Garrett Cole gets rocked. He gives up a grand slam to a utility infielder hitting 181, Luis Urias, and then he gives up an Oppo bomb to Connor Wong. And then after the game, instead of just eating it, Garrett Cole says it, it's almost like they knew what was coming, like, or like they're, they sure seem to be hitting good pitches, like this, this, this really crappy, snaky, little snively reference like they're cheating. Okay, let's talk about Garrett Cole's career, shall we? My bad goat, Garrett Cole, when he was in Pittsburgh, as you'll well remember, Shaq, seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings, eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, 7.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to Houston, okay? He's in the middle of his career. This is not a guy who was taught the splitter in double a he's already an established big leaguer in two seasons his strikeout per nine innings rate goes to 13.6 okay if you have never hit more than 49 home runs in a season and you hit 73 you're cheating that's how we know you're cheating. If, you, if you've never broken the four-minute mile and then you run a 330, you're cheating. That's how we know. Now, Charlie Morton goes to Houston at 33 years old, and his strikeout rate goes through the roof. Okay, now we all know what happened in Houston. We all know it's the cheat factory of all time. We know those spin, We know why those spin rates all increased. So for this mofo to sit in front of a reporter and suggest that, I don't know what, the, the Red Sox – are know what's coming in Yankee Stadium. I mean, it's such a loser move in perfect keeping with the loser team he's on in the suddenly like loser organization, talking like losers, making alibis, it's awesome. But for that guy of all people to suggest someone else is cheating is, is just shocking to me. By the way, his K per nine ratio, coming back to earth down to nine and a half. And when you don't miss as many bats, some of those balls are going to end up in the stands. So I realize he's probably going to win the Cy Young. They're on the hook for another year at that very high price. And then he can opt out, but they can overrule his opt out by adding a year. Anyway, it couldn't be more delightful that one of the only bright spots for that team crap, the bed on Saturday and then started making excuses. And, and as you can tell as as pleasing as this this decent Red Sox season is the utter delight for the rest of baseball is how terrible the Yankees and Aaron Boone are it's funny because Aaron Judge's
0: absence was easy to point to as the reason and like you know Severino wasn't right and I'm um, waiting for him his return but really is there an explanation that's even remotely satisfactory but for the difference in the talent that would appear in black and white when you look at it on a piece of paper versus the results. I mean, this is, we talk a lot about, you know, about Otani and Trout's Angels never getting close to the playoffs. We talk a lot about McDavid and Dreisaitl in the NHL underachieving. This, is it. Is it an overstatement to say that this is uh, among the, like top five biggest disappointments of this millennium in sports based on the quality of the roster eddie spaghetti how say
3: you yeah i mean this is a good story because it was my go-to as the Yankees. which by the way sheck i think we should name like the anthony davis uh goat award right. i feel like the yankees have led the like by far been the most amount of uh times listed as a goat um it's it's I mean, Hench is 100% right, and I don't disagree with anything Hench is saying. He it, like It is a loser mentality to say what they say. It does feel like this organization, whether it's from uh, the, the top down with Steinbrenner to Cashman to whoever's actually managing the team to then what Aaron Boone does and then to the players, nobody's on the same page. And I think Cashman usually does a pretty good job at finding guys um, lesser known guys. He'll bring them into the team and they'll, they'll really do well. Like when he brought in like DJ LeMay, who years ago, that was kind of uh, a move. No one really talked about. And he became one of the best hitters in, uh, for average and for runners and score musician in the AL. And he just fell off the cliff completely uh, due to injury and such. And then you have a guy like labor Torres, who we thought was going to be probably close to like a 30 plus home run guy for a middle infielder. Not only is his defense terrible, but, and he's having a fine season, but he's not what we thought he was going to be. We thought that Volpe would be better. Um, this season already than what he's been showing. And then you have like the injury to judge. It's just a a culmination of stuff. And then you have these like very few bright spots where you have the Domingo Herman perfect game. You're like, all right, maybe this will be the spark. The team needs nothing happens after that. Garrett Cole has been awesome. He's going to win the Cy Young, but it's like, it's a wasted season when he, if he pitched like this, maybe a few years back, the things could have been different. So I'm not be, I'm not shocked. If this judge era Yankees team doesn't reach the heights that we thought. And I think maybe those years they lost the Sox, they lost the uh the Astros, the Rays in the postseason. That was probably their chance they could have had. Um, cause now their bullpen's getting worse and they're just a ton of money in these older players and the just it's it's the weirdest season I've ever felt because you there's like no, it's not like they're going to tank and become terrible and restock. You're in this almost win now mode and you're not winning. So it's very strange. I mean, when Joe Girardi was fired in 2017, the Yankees, I think they were second place in the L East. They won the wild card and they beat the twins and he still got fired. Like, Aaron Boone's going to get fired, obviously this year. They're a last place team. Like it's insane to think the last manager was fired after winning a playoff series, and 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 Boone can't even get this squad back to there when they were the one of the World Series favorites. So um, this they just, should rehire uh, Girardi. How about it's, that? That'd be it, fun. It, I just, um, I, I think this is the first time ever. I've I've never seen the fan base unite. Um, so harshly against Cashman and the ownership and, and the, and the manager and the players like where you have these outlets, like selling fire Cashman t-shirts. I've never seen that in the history of my life. And Cashman's always been GM. I've never seen that. And it's a thing where like the, t- the, the fans almost want the Yankees to lose because they want to feel like, yeah, screw you like burn into the ground. Let's build this thing back up. But you can't because of all the money in this contract. So it, it's it's pretty bad. The only glimmer of hope, the only silver lining to wrap this up is I, I'm this pot. I've never said or any pot. I've never said that I think the Yankees are in on Shohei Otani. I just never thought that he's said interest. I never thought that the Yankees really seemed interested. I think if this season goes that terribly, they're like, well, we have to. Make a splash somehow, so like the South Bronx does not go on fire again. And I think that's maybe the only glimmer of hope.
0: <laughs> maybe you're assuming too much, though. I mean, if if he wants to go to a winner, maybe he looks. He's maybe maybe Otani didn't grow up understanding like. Well, the Yanks are always in contention. He isn't as attracted to like. Well, that brand is the best. And so, given the recent results, maybe he's like yeah. what that mediocre crap. Well, no, 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 but yeah,
3: yeah. No, I, I mean, totally. He could definitely not. Pick us at all. I mean, he could go to Colorado if he wanted to. I'm just saying, I think the Mariners Yankees
1: are a lot closer to contending. That's for sure. I
3: sure. I don't I don't disagree. I I just think that the Yankees' options. It's not. It's you can't tear it down. You have to add pieces to win because that's the kind of mode this roster is in. So there's that's one of the options where it's like let's just really go balls to the wall. We'll throw a blank check at him and we'll bring him in and maybe the combo of him and Judge and whoever else is left. Maybe Volpe steps it up. Then you have a core still. I mean, I. I I don't. I don't know. It's 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 one of the worst seasons of any team I've rooted for. Um, like it's a top five bad, disgusting season. So it's, wow,
0: that's uh, even I better than that. Disgusting. Maybe it's worth more I than mean, of disgusting. the week.
1: Make it of the month, hedge, Maybe of the guess, year yeah. for you. Delightful, Disgusting year. depends on where you sit. But <laughs> a couple of quick thoughts. Uh, one name that that he somehow managed not to mention. It's so fun as a Yankee hater to watch Giancarlo Stanton pretend to play baseball. It is, it is, it must be so demoralizing to play on a team with that guy. Like he jogs around the bases. He, he got doubled up on a bunt that got popped up on Saturday. He just like jogs. Then it's like, he gets doubled off and then he just jogs into the dugout. A couple weeks ago, he just jogged into an out at home plate. Like he's just always decelerating. He takes fastballs down the middle and swings at breaking balls in the opposite batter's box. Is like he's the can't feel the position. I, he may be the worst baseball player of all time. And when you look at the fact that the Marlins got garbage for him and are paying a big chunk of his salary and still won the trade, that's how bad that, <laughs> that is. the Marlins got nothing and won the trade because he's so terrible at baseball. Um, just real quick, I wouldn't be cynical to you know talk about cheating like Garrett Cole, but. Uh, Yankee, a, a Yankee fan was the one who said, hey, maybe it's not a coincidence that D.J. LeMahieu and Glaber Torres and Anthony Rizzo and the entire team regressed simultaneously. Maybe it's somebody else that doesn't know what pitches are coming, uh, which would explain a top to bottom regression pretty quickly. Harder to hit a change up away if you don't know what's coming. All right. Enough with enough with those losers. Uh, real quick, my good goat goes to the Spanish Soccer Federation. Um, Spain was incredible in the World Cup. They were so fun to watch. They were so fast. They were so fit. They were so well coached. Back in October, uh, uh 15 players mutinied uh, against this this coach Jorge Vilda, and said, like, we don't want to play for this guy. And we live in a world where if reporters at The New York Times don't like something the editorial page ran, that guy gets fired. Where if students don't like the professor, that guy gets fired. If if three squeaky wheels don't want a publishing house to publish a book, uh, that book gets buried because uh, everyone has to treat the most fragile member of society, like a Faberge egg, which they are, we have to bubble wrap everybody's feelings because words are violence and thoughts are violence. And and so the fact that 15 Spanish soccer players complained about a toxic environment, they complained about their emotional state, they complained about a lack of freedom when they were training, and the Spanish Soccer Federation said, "Uh, go to hell, that's our guy, we think he's the best coach to try to win the World Cup, which is his job. Your job, by the way, is also to try to win the World Cup, um, not, not to have a good time, not not to have fun. And it made me think, so obviously, utter vindication for the coach, for, for the Soccer Federation. And by the way, some players still not like celebrating with him. Hey, Herb Brooks just won you the gold medal in hockey. Feel free to, to wake up to the fact that everything he did was right. You know, what if they, when, when Herb Brooks was asking the 1980 Olympic hockey team to do, um, skating suicides after the, the, the exhibition tie, I think it was against Norway. What if you pulled the team and said, Hey, do you guys like this coach? It's one o'clock in the morning and you're practicing after a game. Do you like this coach? Do you guys show of hands who wants this coach fired? Yeah. He's a great coach. He's a legend. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to beat Russia. And the irony is that victory over the Soviets in 1980 was hailed as a victory of democracy over authoritarianism. But it wasn't a democracy. That's not what Herb Brooks was running. Herb Brooks was an authoritarian. He said, You're going (laughs) to sublimate all your individuality for the good of the team. This is a hierarchy. I am in charge. You are not in charge. You are part of a team. So the fact that 12 of those players maintained their protest, did not, were not invited to come back to win the World Cup, and when they complain about their emotional state, and they and the federation stood by this coach, watching those players on the field after they won the World Cup, it seemed like their emotional state was pretty good. That seems like a good emotional state, winning the World Cup. So I wouldn't have been surprised if that coach like Gary Cooper in high noon had thrown his silver star onto the dirt road and, and told everyone to F <laughs> off. But good for him. Uh, good for Olga Carmona, who was the hero of the semi and the hero of the final and was not one, one of the, uh, the, the, the albinos setting the SPF factor for the rest of us. I mean, you know, we can't have the weakest people in society setting the rules. We need institutions to say, that's our coach, that's our editor, that's our professor, the rest of you at the lower levels of the hierarchy, the players, the students, the reporters, shut up and learn something and win the World Cup. So the Spanish Federation not doing what every other institution has been doing for the last five years, which is just capitulate immediately when a group of people start whining. So, so I, I look at I, that, I and everybody,
0: to... so much social media response to Kevin Hench is like, Oh, he's such a liberal guy. That's not a that's, that's not, not a liberal no. at all. It's like, no, indeed. It's
1: like, I, I mean, hierarchy matters, people who know what they're talking about matter, and and this thing where you know the 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 lunatics can run any asylum because they they are the squeaky wheels that maybe this is a turning point. The fact. That they said no, he's our coach, and they won the World Cup. Yes, that's right. Uh, it, 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 he had his approach, and it worked. And you know, it's like uh, you know, Belichick doesn't want to be friends with any of those guys. Like, and if you want real equality, you have to be willing to play for a heart a- that you don't like.
0: I agree with a lot of what you said in broad strokes. Couple things. One, whoa,
1: whoa we don't call them that anymore, check. They're athletes.
0: You're right. I'm sorry. I take it back. Um, one, so Spain won the World Cup is what you're telling me? I didn't know. Oh I would I, not heard the news. I'm sorry. I did not. I
1: legitimately didn't know that. That's that. Nothing you say now will be as sexist as that.
0: Well, it has nothing to do with sexism. I didn't know. I, I couldn't tell you what You wouldn't what know who won I the World Cup.
1: You wouldn't know who won the Men's World Cup 36 hours later.
0: I saw Pulisic. I saw Pulisic score a goal for somebody in his first stint there. I don't know. I'm sorry, okay. I don't. I only have so much brain power. So the the sponge between my ears can only absorb so much. And soccer is is uh, unfortunately not one of the things that it's absorbing right now. Okay, so there's that. And two, the only pushback I would give thee on that somebody who rooted for Bob Knight's Indiana Hoosiers at one point. I've watched the Belichick Patriots. I've talked to players who won Lombardi's there and elsewhere, and they all say like, eh, I'd rather, who was it, Lane Johnson, who said that with the Eagles? Like, I'd rather win the one with the Eagles than win three or four with the Patriots because it just seems miserable to get it done that way.
1: There's something to be said for that, no? Well, I would argue, you know, to the Bobby Knight of it all, that the University of Indiana has a dual mission, right? You're supposed to still pretend that those are student-athletes if you want to participate in in the attempt to win the world cup that's the only mission nobody's saying okay. like, they should also get a political science degree while they're at it with an english minor i mean no there's no it's like we're here to win the world cup now i mean i saw eduardo rodriguez pitched another great meaningless game for the tigers and i just keep thinking about this guy like refusing blocking a trade to the dodgers it's so insane to me but it's really made me think about at that point exactly which is we all assume and I think we need to assume it to love sports as much as we as we do that they care as much as we do, right? Like we we want our teams to win the World Series, win the Super Bowl, we care so much, it's irrational, and then we do see these glimpses where like um does that guy care as much as I don't think that guy cares as much as I do. And when somebody announces I don't want to pitch in the playoffs I know he's going to get a huge deal in the offseason, but Eduardo Rodriguez has already said not interested in working in October. So, you know, yes, those 12 women who said, I don't want to play. I don't want to win the World Cup. I don't want to try to win the World Cup under these circumstances, took the Lane Johnson view. If it was Lane Johnson who said that of like, hey, not worth it. And then it's like, good. You're kind of a self-selecting group of people. If it's not worth it to you to try to win the World Cup under these conditions, then please don't be on the roster. You've invited yourself to leave, and we like that. You know, that's a good amount of self-selection. But I think, like, you know, what we love about sports is, you know, when you watch these preseason games with guys trying to make the team, like, it's like they want it so bad. And it's a year-round job all day, every day. Uh, that's, that's why when the Albert Hainsworths of the world sign those contracts and you can visibly see them not trying, you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, but I uh, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, by the way,
0: that's what preseason I've advocated for that for many moons. Now preseason should be just the backups. Then it becomes compelling these guys are fighting it out to make the team. We already know, spoiler alert, we know the guys, or 95% at least, of the guys that are going to make the team before they show up at training camp. We don't need that exercise. And if pro athletes needed preseason games then so too would the college kids need them they seem to get by just fine Notre Dame and Navy are going to play each other with not even 15 minutes worth of preseason action in front of it so the the canard that you need preseason um for the starters is ridiculous what it is is to see who should make the team on the fringes and that would be compelling to me anyhow all right my goat and goats I was looking through the college football stuff, as I keep saying now, we're just hours away from it, uh, from week zero kicking off here. And I was going through all the over unders, all the teams, the, the power five teams and beyond. And it occurred to me there are a lot of things that, you know, could fall under the heading over under. And as for instance, I was thinking uh, over underused, as a for instance, I saw somebody walk by this weekend where in, um, My boy put on a pair of jeans. He was heading out and he was going to go. I was like, jeans, eh? I haven't worn a pair of jeans in five years. Hence, they get my underused of the week. Jeans. When's the last time you wore denim jeans? I uh, literally, it's been now four or five years for me. Why? I don't know. I just, I I haven't taken out a pair of jeans. And now that that I've noticed it, I'm looking around. Nobody wears jeans anymore. I work. do you wear khakis
1: or something like do you wear a yeah i wear pants i still wear pants i'm not not, because like i mean you know i I just don't wear denim jeans anymore during the pandemic i may have gone years without wearing anything but sweats obviously we all right but that's impacted it for sure I'll, i'll throw on a pair of jeans if it's a formal occasion spaghetti do you wear jeans still
3: uh yeah, all the time. Oh, you I do? Mean, okay. not, not right Not right now because it's August and it's relatively warm. I I try to wear shorts. I try to maximize my shorts wearing time. But the minute it's you know cold out, I definitely put on a pair of jeans. So I'm a I'm a light jeans guy, which I'm told by my fiance is uh, for sure out of style, and I look like an idiot.
1: Spaghetti, uh, next. little known fact: Spaghetti sleeps in jeans in the event of an earthquake. He's ready to. He's just ready to go. He's
0: <laughs> um over used word of the week as we uh, run up to pro football season is disrespect. Everything is couched as you're being, you're you made a list of the best pass rushers and you left blank off of it. That's disrespectful in that division. I heard you pick my team to finish in fourth place. That's disrespectful. Yeah. Let me, I, I can't speak for anyone else. I think when I put a team in fourth place out of four teams, it's more a product of the fact. I'm pretty sure it's a fact that somebody has to finish in last place. And so if the exercise is pick first, second, third, and fourth, somebody has to be in the fourth. It's not intended as a disrespect to you. I have no emotional regard, positive or negative for your team, this side of the Cleveland Browns at least. And so I I, I have no disrespect and announcing things, it's trying to give yourself some shine. Like, no one else has said this, but I think it's disrespectful that Team Blank has not been mentioned as a contender this year. This is a way to bring the spotlight onto yourself by announcing disrespect. I think it's very weird. Let's cut it out. Let's come up with a better word. I think uh, it's disrespect uh, (laughs) involved uh, in in picking against your team. So
1: ridiculous. My favorite uh, anger at disrespect is, you know, over – over where they set betting lines, you know, or win totals. It's like, Uh, Vegas is is like, (laughs) we literally don't care. We just want to not expose ourselves to losses and just make money on the VIG. We want 50% on both sides of this line and we'll just collect money. We don't care. It's like, that's so disrespectful. It's like, it's like Vegas doesn't care where you finish. They just want to make money. Well, um, I, I, there is a team that I'll be disrespecting in the AFC South uh, momentarily. Oh, good. I'm
0: looking forward to that. Quickly, let me say this to you. Overexposed, overcelebrated, the Little League World Series. You know, they say uh, history is written by the winners, and this must be true. And that is coming from a lifelong loser named Dave. See, this is like a hench. You were good at sports. So, of course, you see no downside. I'm sure that would have been a dream come true for you to play in the Little League World Series, to show society at large what you got to show them the goods. I know that if I somehow wound up on a little league team that made its way to the world series, the entire fortnight or whatever it is that you spend in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Oh, isn't it cute that they all may oh look at these kids. Like, I just know that the big air is coming my way, like the ball is going to go under my glove or I'm going to drop the pop fly or I'm going to strike out in a big spot. And then I'll be remembered forever as the GOAT. And I don't need that to be put on network television to magnify that point exponentially. It's enough for me. I know as somebody who experienced making an air in a big spot in a little league game, it hurt and it hurt real bad. And I carry it with me decades later. I still carry it with me. What if it had been on TV? I can't even imagine
1: oh the harm
0: that would have been done. Can you imagine if 11-year-old Dave had made the air that he made at Linhart Park against the mighty Yankees when well, I was on the Rockets and see. the ball hit my glove and skipped out into no man's land in right field? And and the coach, the, the coach right in the middle of the inning, came and took me out of the game and moved me into the well, dirty outfield and replaced they, me well, you know, with that guy at for first sure,
1: lane. One thing we know for sure is, Kimmel would have run it 15 times by now. Like it would be a it would be a running bit uh uh on Kimmel if you if you made a televised game losing error. Now, as you pointed out, I was an extraordinary athlete, so I, you know, these these uh teams from regions are all-star teams from that region and i was the all-star shortstop for my region and we actually won a couple games in our regional qualifying and and then to continue playing we we had to win another game um and i i hit into a triple play i hit Ooh, play. i love to hear that and, and uh it was there you the bases, go spaghetti you're talking loaded, bad about your
0: yankees celebrate that
1: bases were loaded nobody out and uh and, you know, how you have kids, you know, in, in, in by the time you get to Williamsport, you have grownups, you know, coaching third base. But at this point in the process, it's still it's still little kids, other little kids coaching the bases. And it was a 3-2 pitch to me with the bases loaded, nobody out. And the two kids coaching first and third were convinced that the runners always go on 3-2. Uh uh-huh. And so everyone took off. The carousel just just took off as as I lined out to shortstop, and, and the guy just caught it and stepped on second and lobbed it to first. And the rally was over, and our and our, ho- our hopes of Williamsport were over. Another funny thing about that local local radio. So the game's being broadcast on the local radio. My mom's in the stand, hey, what? and and she can the hear. Radio. She can hear the like she can hear the broadcast like coming from you know eight feet to her right, and for some reason, even though I was a slap hitter, punch and Judy, high batting average, zero power, the because I was batting third, and obviously the announcer has no idea what this kid from South Stratford, Vermont, can do. He he's talking about how much power I have, and my mom's laughing because she's like. Yeah. That's my boy. He has, he has no power. He, when, when he, his base hit is as far as he can hit the ball. So anyway, it was funny to have my mom tell me after the tragic loss, like another funny thing is the announcers thought you had power. (laughs) I
0: don't need this in the car ride home. mom.
1: It's it bad enough
0: already. I'm a yeah. no, and, you know,
1: little little leaguers on TV. Is this is another sign of of the end of civilization? Oh, it's, so you're with me? I say
0: I oh, thought you would horrible. celebrate this it's, as a fancy pants who does well at sports. You horrible. would like this. You would only be jealous of those kids. Yeah, I I, I just feel bad for them because I know one of them's going to make a bad play, and then they're going to go to school next week, and they're going to hear about it. It's not going to be like I saw you
1: on TV. Well, I, one of be, I saw might... you on TV
0: making the big air.
1: One of them might become a a great
0: hockey GM. Oh, yeah. Who did that? Oh, yeah. uh, Spaghetti's guy, right? Is that who it is?
3: Yeah. Uh, Chris Jury. Chris Jury was a little league. Yeah, little league. I think somewhere in Connecticut. And then obviously went on to the prestigious Boston University, um, won a championship there. And then, uh, you know, after a few stops, Rangers career What a life. Then a GM. Trumbull,
1: Connecticut. I'm trying to remember. Trumbull, Connecticut. That sounds right. What a life. right. And he was fat he back said, then, He right? said he never got as many women as during that trip to Williamsport. That was his groupie peak. <laughs>
0: um, I, uh, you know, I like I've said, uh, you know, the one time, because I was lefty, I, you know, I, I would get the second start of the week when Aaron Grendel, he was our ace. When, when he couldn't go, you were only allowed to pitch once a week. So sometimes damashek would take the hump from uh, with the Southpaw and, uh, you know, I yeah I captivated and and confused the, the opponents for three solid innings, no hit ball for three innings. But then the fourth came around, and I walked the first batter, and then I walked the second, and then the third. And the only girl in the league from Blackridge came up, and uh, she was batting from the left side. That's tricky on your adolescent eyes when you're throwing the ball. It's it's weird because everybody's on the right side to you, and which she part, was on the uh,
1: which part, the lefty or the pigtails. Which part's tricky? I'm gonna go with
0: both, and okay. uh, and uh, she was on the left side, and uh, and uh, first pitch with the bases loaded, I plunked her uh, right between the shoulder blades, and uh, and that was another one I got immediately removed from the game for, and again shame the devil if that had been on TV. The only gift that I had was that nobody pointed a camera at me for that embarrassment.
1: I I, yeah, I just I would never have come back from it, and that's it. I like that you never noticed that Aaron Grendel was allowed to pitch three times a week, but that your coach was like, Oh, sorry, Sheck. It's a rule. You can only pitch. You you can only pitch once a week.
0: Oh my God. Aaron Grendel, Aaron Grendel played shortstop when he wasn't pitching. And then sometimes I'd be at first base when Grendel was at short and, uh, and the sun would set right over the shortstop's head. And so I was already afraid of the ball, but Aaron Grendel threw it harder than anybody in the league did. And from shortstop, I hated when the ball would get uh, hit to him because I knew what was coming, a heater thrown my way and I had to catch it to make the put out. Sometimes I did. Um. Okay, quickly, the point of why I was doing these over-unders is I'm not going to get through them all, I'll save a couple since we have a couple of days before college football kicks off. But undervalued, Let me say this with the over-unders. Undervalued Wisconsin football this year in the ever-expanding Big Ten. I know people are excited about Jimmy Franklin's bunch um, in Happy Valley. Obviously, Michigan and Ohio State ain't going nowhere. The big one with Wisconsin, October 28th against Ohio State. If they win that, they're in play for maybe, I know it's crazy to say, but really, in line potentially to to try to squeeze into the playoff. But let's not get crazy about that. They're 9-1 to to win the Big Ten, plus 130 to win the Big Ten West. They almost certainly are going to do that. That's the play I want to give you at plus 130. If you go over 9.5, you can get them at plus 80, 180 as well. I like that one. As I say, I'm going to get through more of these Later in the week, the other one that just jumped out to me, though, that I I, I have to mention today is there's been a lot of slings and errors thrown at Dabo's gang and deservedly so. But Clemson is going to return. There is a a major push right now. If you look at the prognosticators, look out for Florida State and they are going to be good. And the ACC in general is a fascinating conference now with. NC State and my Pitt Panthers and UNC. Drake May probably has them a little bit overrated. Florida State appears to be a legit power going into the season. But Clemson, over 10 wins is minus 25. I'm going to go the extra mile here. You can get them at 3-1 to if you go over 11 wins. Yes, this means that they have to run the table, but I think it's worth the bet there. Um, And plus 120 to win the ACC, I like a lot. Out goes DJU to Oregon State. In comes Cade Klubnick, or in fact, he comes off the bench. He was the five-star recruit, Garrett Riley, who is, of course, Lincoln's younger brother. Now the OC there. I think this adds up to Clemson um, getting back. Well, not get back to. They did it last year. That's the funny thing is our perception is Clemson has fallen off, but they kept winning the ACC anyway, or they did last year. I think they're going to be really good. So those are two um, two. Undervalued teams, by my perception, that uh, you can make a little bit of green off of. Um, and what is uh, what is that?
1: What does Vegas have blue jeans listed at? Where do they? Well, they're making a comeback over two and a half.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a long shot with the the fashion trailblazer now coming out publicly against them. I don't know when denim's ever going to make it back to its position, you know, prominently atop uh, men's fashion in the 21st century. But they're also in the Big Ten, right? Everybody's in the Big Ten. Uh, Something like that. I think if if I have it correct, that's what it is. By the way, I'm going to say it. Pitt at 20 to one is a great value play to win the ACC back-to-back double digit wins. This is uh, this is, you can do a lot worse, ignore all the UNC jive um, and get in on the Pitt Panthers there because they will be, I hear me now, believe me later, no worse than the third best team in the ACC this year. And they have a real shot when they don't have to play Clemson or Florida state this year, they have a real shot to sort of backdoor their way into the, um, into the top spot there all right eddie spaghetti your goat and goat so that was a blend if you want me to do more over unders i'll break it out and do those separately 60
1: percent like denim 40 percent poly
0: something like that yeah, something that like a- that yeah yeah something like that go ahead uh, spaghetti
3: that uh that clemson bet it's a that's a spicy one i don't know if i would take that i think i mean
0: i'm taking them to run the table but yes
3: to having uh, to play Notre Dame again, having to play Drake May, having to play Jordan Travis, uh, I'm not sure if I, I love that. Also, my bull take uh, in that realm is I think DJ uh, Uyagalele at Oregon State will have a better, a way better statistical season than Kate Clubbing does. But um, I don't really love – I think the AC is great this year, so I think it's going to be a tough – Their totals tough eight tough and a half
0: in that. I mean, I keep going back and forth with our guy Jeff Schwartz about the Pac-12, about the totals and, uh, you know, what he thinks like Oregon feels like nine and a half is Mm their season win total. I mean, doesn't allow for a lot of stumbles um, in what's a pretty. And he said, Oh no, they're definitely going double digit wins and he's not being a homer with it. He'll lay it out for you. But anyway, continue spaghetti, your goat and goats.
3: Yeah. I um, already gave my bad go kind of the combo with hench about the Yankees. um, So I I gave my spiel there. Let's do do the whole (laughs) thing
1: again. It's so fun. It's so fun to talk about the Yankees.
3: Isn't it uh, terrible as a sports fan though, when like you're agreeing with everything a red Sox fan says, and you're just not going to, you don't even want to fight it. You're like, no, Oh, I agree. I, 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 hate them right now as much as you do. It's just a, it's a terrible feeling, but nah,
0: this is you. I've told you what this is spaghetti. Cause apparently you don't understand. Grown the grown man up. In unlike, the
1: unlike Aaron Boone and Garrett Cole. He just, no. Re- it's not he grown
0: wears up it like a no, man. No no, 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 You just it's need to have grown. a, they,
3: they need to have a vision or direction. They have neither, which is uh, infuriating. That's, that's my stance. No, on
0: what it. don't you see what Spaghetti's doing? Hench. It's what I'm, you do all the time. It's a uh, hench does it all the time. Don't you see your thickest thieves? The two of you, you, you announce negative. Negative stuff to make yourselves feel better. Like, I you can't hurt me, Red Sox fan. As if I tell you the Yankees suck already, then you can't hurt me because I've already
1: told you that's, no, the but case. that's what he's doing. That's what Yankee our, fans
0: are doing. now I've gotten
1: it. into it a million times when we disagree about something. It's like he's just looking at that roster and that you know, that payroll, and he's a sane person who knows. It's going, it's going to be hard to spend your way out of it when you're already at 260 something million dollars, you know, you're going to add a Shohei contract, two judges contract, that's going to be two players on a team. Like, it's tricky. I I don't, I mean, he's just, he's just speaking the truth. Okay. Bless his his Um, broken heart.
3: Uh, that's hundred percent correct. So (laughs) I'll I'll do my good go. Now I'll get us into an NFL topic to we'll eventually we'll transition to our um, AFC South convo um, after this. So I I know it's a goat of the week. I, I think I'm a week or two behind on this. I'm not the biggest sports doc guy, and I watched quarterback, obviously Omaha, uh, the production there of the the great documentary featuring Mahomes and and, and Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota, and I was captivated by that. So I'm like, all right, well, that one was great. Let's watch another one on Netflix. And I watched the Johnny Manziel, the untold one. And uh, the reason, the the person in this that I'm going to give my go to, it was his uh, former agent, Eric Burkhart. And, you know, the reason why I love quarterback and we all love quarterback is because you get the behind the scenes of these great quarterbacks in the NFL or the struggling quarterback in Mario. We love as a fan. We love the behind the scenes when you pull back the curtain. Another thing we love too, is like the, the process of stuff we don't normally think about in this case, you know, getting drafted in the NFL is not just purely based on your performance on the field. And then what you do with the combine, it's everything else. And, and and it's about, you know, shaking hands, the right people. And it's almost like politics. So in this one, I don't want to spoil too much, but we all know how phenomenal Johnny football was at uh, Texas A&M. Then he, you know, he leaves after his uh, retro sophomore season, goes to the NFL draft and then, um, you know, his agent signs them. He basically hunkers down. It was like you have to stop doing this partying crap. You have to really focus on football, which he does. And he gets back in the good graces of all the NFL teams and a lot of rumors going around that like, hey, the Cowboys may want you. Hey, the Jaguars may want you. Hey, the Texans with the number one pick may want you. Obviously, he's from Texas and like the agent gets him with the owners of the Texans and they're like all right things are looking good and then the next day uh, Johnny Manziel goes golfing and ruins like his uh, relationship because somebody like leaked it that he was like the fifth hole took his shirt off and was breaking his clubs because he had a bad day golfing and the Texans like just basically tell the agent yeah we're not drafting him um, so like it's just insane to see how tough the job this agent had with Johnny Manziel because he was so he was a lightning rod he was uh, incredible on the field when he played in well, college and then off the field he just wanted to do what he wanted to do and obviously we learned now that he did have the suffering from bipolar disorder so and his life seems to be you know together right now so good for for johnny but we i just sat back going like i know i've watched a ton of sports stuff and listened to a ton of sports and of sports stuff and you never really think like it's not just the 12 games you play on saturday it's not just taking the wonderlick test it's not just the bench press it's all the other stuff and how much the agent really had a role in like getting his body right and making these relationships and getting him you know ability to be drafted in the first round after like Mel Kiper was on TV saying like this guy is probably not draft worthy because of his size and because of his off the field issues and this agent like really whipped him into shape and it was uh, pretty incredible to watch so I was just thinking like man I would love more of these type of stories to see all these guys we love like the real ins and outs and the dirty secrets of of stuff that has happened and uh, that draft with Manziel and obviously like you know the Cowboys passed on he goes to the Browns um, and uh, you know his career was just pretty much it was shot to begin with but wow the Eric Burkhardt doing what he did with Manziel and getting him first round money that to me there's a huge go to war and hopefully my little um, teaser for it gets enticed you know entices people to go and watch it because it was truly incredible
0: well for how to age it but the Duke. Uh, at least one NFL team into taking them. That's, de-
1: that's a great story because it's like, you don't really think of it from that perspective, but you're like, I mean, all agents are trying to actually get m- more value than their clients are worth, right? I mean, that you want the most. You don't want, you don't want market value. You want more than market value for your client. And so as an agent who's probably intimately aware that your client's market value is zero, Two, to be doing this, this weekend at Bernie's full court press with different <laughs> organizations, like, he's fine, he's fine. And then you're just praying that there'd be one organization, one franchise, dumb enough to fall for your scheme. <laughs> and it was the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns to the rescue.
0: But who's going to buy that? The Cleveland oh, Browns. It really yeah. is the Mikey trying the life serial. Yeah. You've got um, your we can do somebody. Yeah, it is funny because like college coaches are loath, most of them. They're like behind closed doors. They're like they shoot straight with the scouts, with the NFL scouts about a kid's talent. Because if they say like, "Oh, this guy's going to be a great NFLer," and and uh, a team takes his word for it, or you know, um, you know, creates. Uh, um, a, a false pr- expectation then people are going to stop asking that coach about that so you kind of got to shoot straight but the agent of course is there to uh to exaggerate and lie a little bit yeah that's a that's a funny point uh spaghetti is that uh that's it for you on um uh that, your go yeah,
3: that, that's okay. it and uh, and there's two bigger other things that happen in that stretch i left x again i don't want to spoil oh. for everyone but i'm telling you like really go watch it it's like It is insane. Something stuff happens at the combine with him that I didn't know about. And like seeing him on the NFL network set where Dave mean used to work, like sitting next to Bucky Brooks, like knowing what just happened hours prior that stretch of the documentary was absolutely incredible. And and again, that agent uh, uh, he's, he's the best in the world from where I'm sitting. Cause I was like, I don't know how he pulled that off. It's wild stuff.
0: I say that if he weren't Johnny football, there wouldn't have been the, if somebody didn't give him that great nickname and two, I mean, we talk about Scott Mitchell and Matt Flynn, the Matt Flynn game where he threw, what was it, six touchdowns that he made tens of millions of dollars as a result of Johnny Football winning that one game against Bama. I mean, if you take that one away, I mean, I I can't imagine there would have been first round buzz on this guy. Obviously, it's a major victory to take down Bama. But uh, anyhow, and now a quick break. Let's move on now to the AFC South here. The Jags, most teams favorite. The books, obviously, all about the Jags, Damashek riding that. Maybe it's boring, but 10 to 1, not only do I think they're going to win the South, I also think they're the best bet to win the number one seed in the AFC. Again, I have to say it, this is not Me saying, I think the Jags are the best team in the AFC. I think they have the easiest path. They have two bum teams in their division. And I'm not sure any of the three teams are really going to find their way on the right side of – uh, of 500 this season. So I think the Jags with Trevor Lawrence going into year three, I think they're a little undervalued because there is still a little of the residual stuff around Trevor Lawrence and us not fully seeing who he is because of the rookie season with herb. You saw something closer to what he's going to be going forward a year ago. I think their ascent has just begun. And so I'm all about the Jags as we talk about the AFC South. Hench, how say you? Favorite all bets right. there minus
1: 175 to win it. Are uh, well, are it's heroes. funny because I knew you know I I'm getting tired of of uh, what is it scrubbing each other's backs in the same shower. That's what, what, is what it was, I, mean, we agree yeah. On yeah, I think we said around, yeah. Everything. So I was like, it. I I mean, it, because it, it because it's the right answer, right? You know, I was like, oh, Shaq's gonna park his car in this garage, and is mm-hmm. just agree with Shaq every time. But I will say this about the Jags. Um, if Jamal Agnew doesn't drop the ball inside the three-yard line, they're gonna beat the Chiefs, right? The yep. Chiefs, the Chiefs championship it is insane, okay. A, a Jaguar fumbles untouched to to eke out that victory at home against the Jags. Then we all know what happened against the Bengals at home um, with with a series of insane calls. Then Jalen Hurts gives them a touchdown in the Super Bowl and nobody can, can keep their footing and the Chiefs get three victories, all of which could easily, some would say, should have gone the other way. Uh, and, and the chiefs are champs, but that game that the Jags played them in the playoffs was one of those games, signature games where you're like, what's the trend with this team? They went toe to toe with the champs on the road. They, they, you know, they didn't flinch. So, so I
0: agree back Uh, half of the previous season. I'm a big believer in that Jags, um, got hot. People have somehow tried to turn that into a negative. They had to pull off this big rally to even get into the playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah, and they did it. That's what they did. They 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 successfully completed a big second uh, second half of the schedule rally. I, I that's a good I thing think, for a young team. You know, I don't get about I okay. mean, Joe
1: Montana had to go 92 yards to win that Super Bowl. They almost didn't win. <laughs> yeah, what's exactly. your point? What's right. your point? Right. Uh and then the other thing that I think is 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 going to be a huge factor and I'm really rooting for him is Calvin Ridley. You know, we're going to have to make a decision as a culture like you know it gambling is such a part of our culture and and the the right to bet your own money on certain outcomes seems pretty ingrained in our culture that freedom and i think we should be going the other way which is every player is obligated by the collective bargaining agreement to wager 10% of his game check on his own team. You mm. want to make sure guys are really, really trying on special teams? Like, you know, make them bet on their own team. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Calvin Ridley was dealing with a lot deep, deep in the deep in his depression, and, and he and he made, you know, a mistake that that the leagues treat worse than some actual reprehensible crimes. And so I think the way Calvin Ridley wrote about that part of his life, he's looking for redemption. Obviously he is a spectacular player when he's right Uh, coming to a team, um, won the division, could have beaten the chiefs now have a, a true one, one top receiver. If he's physically right. I love, I love the Jags in that easy division. However, Wait, wait
0: wait wait let me a couple a, a couple of things very quickly um uh about uh, about that first of all Calvin Ridley at 50 to 1 to win comeback player of the year is a bet you as a man of justice must make Kevin Hedge, please okay. All right. Do it. I mean, that's I'll if you ready. want. If you want some justice delivered in the direction of Calvin Ridley, what better than a comeback from having to sit out a season because he gambled in gambling on Calvin Ridley to win comeback player of the year? It, it all makes it. all Calvin it makes all Ridley. the
1: sense in the world. Calvin Ridley should be allowed to put $10,000 on Calvin Ridley to win comeback play. Like, obviously, if you're betting on your own team, there's nothing there's nothing untoward.
0: I can't wait to hear you now go against the Jags, who, by the way, you talked about that Chiefs thing, um, the 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 nice little run. Those things, I, it feels to me, you know, doesn't mean that's true feels like that happens to teams that are playing at home more you get calls or at least that's our vibe De- getting the number 1 seed that they only had to play those chiefs had to play 3 games in the preseason if that's the jags path you get a, it obviously every playoff game these days is a coin flip or just about it's just fluky stuff how these games uh turn out so if it runs through duval county obviously the jags chances of getting to the super bowl are that much better and at 28 to 1 i think that's a great value play for them to get to the super bowl the jags i'm sorry now continue
1: that is a great value um okay so i i, I you know i'm in your garage it on the uh, on the jags okay. but Good. if you want to do something exciting a little more interesting um i i'm going to disrespect the colts uh into fourth place and 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 the team that i'm elevating and they're plus 850 to win the division. You know, we were all in Vegas together when Lovey Smith preemptively got his revenge on Houston by winning the last game and losing the number 1 pick, right? So we were la- like we're like how can you win this game, <laughs> Lovey? How can you let Davis Mills win this game and 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 cost yourself the first pick. So from from those gales of laughter in Vegas now what the Texans have done CJ Stroud and Will Anderson now we you know you talk about calling coaches right to go hey is this guy you know DeMeco Ryan's and, and Nick Saban have have a shorthand right Will Anderson's a game wrecker this you know if you look at his pressures for the last two seasons 42 more pressures than any other player in college football. We could be looking at a Micah Parsons level game changer. Okay. So you got him on that side of the ball. And then I know, you know, you you can sound like an idiot when you start talking about quarterbacks, because, you know, the people who know it best can be wildly wrong, but CJ Stroud. I mean, like if, if you're, if you're, Looking at, at Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, it's like you would want you kind of would want the second pick, right? You go, oh, okay, well, you took you took him, so we'll take him. And then I don't know the six three two eighteen part when you look at the way CJ Stroud played against Georgia, right? That is the that in that semifinal, that is the most NFL defense you are going to face in a college football playoff game. He shredded them. I think it was 348 yards and four touchdowns. If Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get hurt, they win that game. If if he single-handedly defeats Georgia and then blows out TCU, I don't think there's any any talk about Bryce Young going number one overall. Mm. And you look at, you know, so it's like it, it it is very possible, and I doubt this has ever happened before, the Texans got the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the same draft. And it happened last year with uh, the
0: Jets of all teams, but yes.
1: Okay. But, you know, yeah, but still, has it ever happened? Okay. Last year. Uh, (laughs) Well, in terms of the awards, at least. In terms of the awards. So, so um, I feel like the Texans at plus 850, right? You know, so, so, you know, you're, you're sadly betting that, that Trevor Lawrence gets stretchered off. You know, it's not, it's not a, you're, you know, you're not going to win the division if everything, everyone is right. But, I do think, um, you know, the Titans seem kind of stuck where they are, right? How do the Titans make a, a big leap forward? And the Colts, when you talk about quarterback ready, right? So it's like the, the Panthers make the decision, Bryce Young is ready. And and you look at the, the game C.J. Stroud played against NFL-level talent, you know, Anthony Richardson – is going to have the steepest learning curve, was the furthest from NFL ready, right? So to me, the Colts, no disrespect. The Colts finish in the basement. The Titans are treading water. The Texans, to me, seem the most likely to make a leap.
0: I agree with all of that. I think they have a lot of good pieces there in Houston all and of Damian a sudden. Pierce, it does.
1: Damian Pierce,
0: you're looking at a lot of second and twos. Oh, yeah. They they have a lot of good pieces. It's just th- that uh, they haven't ripened yet. And that's why I'm in on, on these Jags. A lot of people are saying, are pointing to, you know, getting by, you know, the first half of 2022 for that team. People are still a little wounded about what happened in the herb year. Um, people are poking holes in this Jags team and sort of reacting to what they saw against the Chargers, in fact, Brinson on the last cast was kind of like poking holes in what's wrong with this Jags team. But as a reminder, 2022, they're still ripening. It's like my wife makes a great ada sauce, and you know she makes it that night, and I swoon, and it's great. And she always says, like, you know, what's the craziest thing? Always says, rem- the next day it's going to be even better, and I- invariably it is. That's going to be the Jacks. Trevor Lawrence has not hit his ceiling yet. That front seven in Duval County has not collectively hit its ceiling yet. I think you're going to see better versions of Lawrence and that defense this year. They're going to be better than they were the last time we saw them. I'm with you on the Texans. I think the Titans, I'm I'm hearing late buzz around Tennessee. I think that's betting on Mike Vrabel, which is fine if you think he's the best coach in the league, but short of doing that, I'm with you hundred percent and ironically or otherwise the best individual award i get trevor lawrence mvp and all of that kind of stuff 18 to 1 if you want to bet him um but anthony richardson at plus 650 to win the rookie of the year makes sense um because he's going to run around and he's going to put up better stats than cj stroud or bryce young are because of the nature of the way he plays the only thing that i think is bizarre in indianapolis is they're not playing anthony richardson right now he's played like about 11 minutes of of big time football. Was it doesn't he need the reps? If anybody should be playing in August uh, among starters, it's that guy. I don't get why you're resting Anthony Richardson up when he's barely played football to this point in his life. Um otherwise, <laughs> I think we more or less agree. I I think Houston's a fun bet. Um I so say let's numbers? go so with a I, year I, away. I think
1: spaghetti, first of all, I I know I speak for a man named Eddie Spaghetti that if Beth lived with either me or Eddie, there wouldn't be any Arbiata leftover leftover. there wouldn't be any leftover. Like I would eat it all. There'd be like, this is going to taste great tomorrow. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I'll have fourths. <laughs>
3: eat, eat it when it's served. I'm with you yeah. on that.
1: Um, so uh, I, I think we sent out 10 on over under 10 on the Jags, but I see it at nine and a half. Uh, I, I, so I like that over, they won nine games last year. Um, Titans under 7.5, Colts under, what is it, Spaddy, 6.5? I like Colts going under 6.5. And and Texans over 6.5. I'm
0: with you on that one, and it's smarter to bet the Texans to win the division than it is to make the playoffs. Nobody, No second-place team in the South is getting a playoff spot in the rugged AFC of 2023. So, yes, if you are with Henson, I don't think it's – bananas to do that just too much weird the firing of coaches and all that kind of spooks me away from houston this year but i am with you on terms of the the job they've done drafting and fleshing out that roster around cj Stroud. i do think cj Stroud has a weird stiffness that i've always kind of observed that he that he weirdly shook off in that final four game but you never really saw him move around that much i don't think this team is ripe enough to Uh, he's not, he's not going to be in an Anthony. He's not going to be Anthony Richardson running away from pressure during his rookie season. So I like Richardson over Stroud. If you're looking for an offensive rookie of the year play here, but maybe you go Will Anderson for defensive player of the year on Hench's council there. It typically is, as we talked about last week, it is typically an edge guy who gets these awards more and more uh, because you have a splashy stat to put behind it.
1: Second place in the AFC South fewer wins than fourth place in the AFC North. True?
0: That sounds right to me. That's a fun that's a fun little uh side bet to make there. Spaghetti, go ahead give us uh give us your best bet or three from yep. the south.
3: Uh, I'll Tarantino this. I'll give you the answer, and I'll work back. So, I mean, it's going to be the Jaguars to win the AFC South. I think it's by far it's the easiest division. I think to win, I think they could do a real damage um, within the division as well in terms of padding their their win. So, I do like the over whether it's nine and a half or ten um, to go over there. Uh, I am with Hench completely on the Texans. I do think the Texans did a great thing getting CJ Stroud. You know, one of the it's like you know it's a dumb thing to say, but eventually an Ohio State quarterback has to be good, right? And not only was Marvin Harrison Jr. injured in the in the game versus Georgia, which to me that was the Stroud performance versus Georgia was probably the most impressive performance out of any player in college football last year. And then we we're forgetting like that JSN didn't play at all last year; either. like he lost his like two best guys. Like he didn't have him for the entire season. He would have been that much better. And I also agree would have been ahead of Bryce Young, which we're seeing now. the The size most definitely um, is an issue. Um, so I, I like them there. Uh, and if you want to bet him. I, you know, I, I don't know if I, I'm not going to give this, I'm not going to bet this. Cause I actually do believe that Jordan Addison, you know, on our NFC North pod, I do think that he'll win rookie of the year, but if you want to throw some money uh, on Strat plus 700 to win the mm. uh, offensive player, uh, the other Offensive rookie of the year, I do kind of like that. Uh, I do think with having a great running back behind him helps a lot. Um, and this guy is used to NFL type defenses because that Georgia defense uh, and plus playing in the big 10, I mean, uh, Michigan, obviously no slouch either. So he's used to, it and i i just think if you're looking at the quarterbacks within the division anthony richardson wasn't really a fan of him at florida anyway i understand he has the physical tools but don't like what's going on with jonathan Taylor, they lost paris campbell they heard some you know their their receiver depth isn't great the offensive line has not been playing uh to what they're capable of so i don't really love his situation the titans are the weird team in that division because they're clearly going through some stuff with the front office and then, you know, back to back years, drafting a quarterback, uh, not the best quarterback, but a, but a quarterback in that like upper echelon. But they still have, you know, the the whole process with Tannehill. What do you do with him? He's a playoff quarterback. They want to obviously move on from him. And we keep trying to doubt Derrick Henry, who just is always good no matter what. Um, and I, I hate doing that. But eventually the, the tires have to fall off him as well. That being said, Mike Vrabel, if you made the argument that he is the best current coach or does the most with the least amount of talent, I wouldn't argue with that. I know Mar- uh, Martin was making that that point the other day on um, extra points. I think Vrabel is a guy that teams are going to look at and be like, we'll trade picks to get you and give you a, the biggest contract in the league because I think he's not I think
0: Ryan Tannehill in our new reality, when guys get traded middle of the season, if the Titans stink and... Tua gets hurt in Miami or Purdy gets hurt in San Francisco. And there are a number of other locations where it makes some sense. Like let's not waste this season. We have, we need a viable QB and Tannehill's pretty good and he's under the radar. It seems like a great spot to go get him in at this stage in his career.
3: Yep. And then surrounding out why I think the Jacks have the easiest path is like, again, bringing back, uh, getting in Calvin Ridley, who's 20 years old. Like, I mean, he's in the prime of his career. This guy had like 10 touchdowns as a rookie, uh, like 1300 receiving yards, like year three. He is amazing when healthy, when on the field, you're giving Trevor Lawrence an actual weapon now. Plus, I've been touting this with Daniel Jones and the Giants that like, you know, if you're giving the quarterback the same system the same comfortability with the same coaches you're only going to improve and get better he now has that going into year two after the urban meyer messes rookie year um you, you brought back evan ingram that'll help in in some regard and plus he's uh it's just one of those things where he had 40 4100 yards last year 25 touchdown passes if he double you know adds 10 touchdown passes and he gets closer to that 5000 passing yard marks i think is possible for him I also like him for MVP votes. Uh, if you want to throw, I think he's at a plus 1,800 right now. When you look at the MVP, it's a quarterback award automatically plus you basically have to win the division which i think they will easily uh i would not be shocked if he's in the conversation i think there is a thing with voter fatigue don't really want to always vote for the same guys whether it's you know mahomes over and over again i think if we see the jaguars have a 12 people like to
0: self-validate too and everybody decided trevor lawrence can't miss people like rewarding themselves for having said that five years ago so people are incented these voters to vote for trevor lawrence to say see i told you when mm-hmm. when when he won that title with Clemson people love yeah. doing it, so so having
3: his having his pal Travis Etienne behind him and having uh, an athletic tight end is kind of coming to his own Evan Ingram having an absolute stud uh, and Calvin Ridley there plus Christian Kirk who's was a phenomenal number 2 i think he's a lot to like about what's going on in jacksonville i think trevor will be comfortable that division is easily theirs and i think that he's, he's going to have a, an all-time season and we'll at least be involved in the mvp conversation so jags over 10 wins Jags in the division and i kind of if you want to throw out money on the um the cj stroud offensive rookie of the year i would do that and i think he'll also be uh, trevor lawrence will be involved in the mvp voting as well so if you want to throw money there as well um like i said plus 1800 so those are my uh, best bets and picks for the afc south
0: Very nice. Great stuff from you, Eddie Spaghetti. Kevin Hench, as ever. Dynamite work on your end. Um, I think we've said, I don't know if we've said it all, but pretty close to everything that needs to be said about the AFC South. We'll continue to break down all the divisions, give you our best bets. If you missed any division, go back and listen to the last couple of weeks. We got you covered there as well. And we'll continue focus in on pigskin and the world of sports at large later in the week. Until then, for Eddie Spaghetti, Kevin Hench, I appreciate you downloading, subscribing, and spreading the good word about minus three. And until next time, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.